0: From WGCU News, this is Gulf Coast Life. I'm Mike Canary. Prior to taking on the role of Florida Gulf Coast University's fourth president in 2017, Dr. Mike Martin had already had a long career in higher education. His first job as an instructor came in 1971, and he stayed in higher education ever since, moving on to leadership roles, serving as a vice president, president, or chancellor at six universities before coming to FGCU. When the job at FGCU opened up after the university's third president, Dr. Wilson Bradshaw, decided to step down. Dr. Martin Martin was Chancellor Emeritus and Senior Fellow at Colorado State University, so considered himself at least somewhat retired at that point but he saw FGCU's potential and decided to throw his hat in the ring. Now six years and two major hurricanes, not to mention a global pandemic later, Dr. Martin has officially stepped aside as the school welcomes its fifth president and first female president, Dr. Ashagal Timmer, who took the reins on July 1st. I caught up with Dr. Martin by phone from Minnesota last Friday, where he's spending some time with his family as he begins to settle into retirement to have him reflect on his time at FGCU and what's on the Horizon going forward for him. Let's hear that conversation now. Dr. Mike Martin is former president of Florida Gulf Coast University. Dr. Martin, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Mike. Good to be there. So you're in Minnesota, as I understand it, uh, spending some quality grandpa time up there. I uh, am indeed.
1: We've been having a lot of fun, and uh, I'm going to do it for a few more weeks, and then get back to Florida for some stuff. But it's been nice to be up here. It's cool for one thing. 68 today and clear and. Uh, was in quite the same climate and we'll take it for this short period of time
0: do you still have like uh you know is is all of your family up there like how much of of your life is still up there
1: yeah v- virtually everyone we're related to with the exception of my son my son lives in incheon korea but everybody else my brothers my uh, i lost a sibling but two of my siblings are here cousins second cousins third cousins my daughter her family my two grandsons so uh, which tells you something, I suppose, about the intelligence of our gene pool, because everybody stayed up here and a couple of us escaped. But I will not comment on that beyond what everyone wants to draw their own conclusion about, but we're all here. And so it's, the nice thing is we can drop into damn near any town in Minnesota and bump into somewhere we're related to.
0: Hmm. So you have been a former president for about a week now. Uh, how's it feel to just you know, have that mantle off your shoulders and, and you know, have a bit more autonomy?
1: Well, it feels great, partly because I really think uh, the institution is in great shape. I think the team that got us to where we are today uh, is still in place and continuing to perform. I think Ashgill uh, Timmer was just exactly the right person at the right time to be president. Uh, I think, uh, like everything else in life, there are eras. I had my era, and I think it's time for the next era. Uh, I believe the institution is well-positioned. To make that era pretty significant so for me it's feeling very good i'm proud of all the folks i got to work with including those of you at wgcu i'm really proud of the people on that campus and proud of the people who support him including the legislature so for me this was exactly the right time to uh let, let the next era begin and i would begin my era as a retiree and just to know Mike. I've been practicing my retiree skills for one full week now. It's been a whole week. And uh, <laughs> I've reminded my children repeatedly that I'm not on a fixed income. Uh, Wednesday afternoon, I just took off and went to the Dairy Queen all by myself and had a hot fudge Sunday. I've made two uh, trips to Dollar Tree. Um, so, and I, I ask my wife every morning
0: what day of the week it is.
1: So I'm getting into the retiree thing quite nicely because I'm so comfortable
0: about what's happened at FGCU. That's fantastic. Um, So prior to FGCU, I'm going to rattle some things off here, so bear with me. You were (laughs) Chancellor Emeritus and Senior Fellow at Colorado State. You were before that, you were Chancellor of Louisiana State. You were President of New Mexico State. You were Vice President for Agriculture and Natural Resources at UF. You were Vice President for Agricultural Policy at University of Minnesota. You were on the faculty at Oregon State University. And so I guess my question is, is, were all those jobs basically contiguous, meaning right now is pretty much the first time you haven't been in higher education since you were literally a student.
1: Yes, that's about right. I started my first teaching job way back in 71, actually uh, August 8, 1971, as an instructor. And I have stayed in higher education ever since. And whenever you read those, Mike, it sounds like I can't hold a job, but there's 52 years there altogether. And, uh, and and And, you know, my heart's there today. But now I'm going to let somebody else's head be there and run the place. But uh, it's been a wonderful, wonderful journey for a guy, you know, first gen, came out of a small town in northern Minnesota. No one in my family could spell college, let alone go to one. And I uh, had the great good fortune of kind of meandering into higher ed and uh, i look back and say what a wonderful way to spend a career five decades of a career uh even through hurricanes and pandemics what a wonderful way to have had a career that uh, every morning you get up and find it interesting so yeah that's the whole story and it's been one that uh, i hope others have a chance to experience whatever their career is because uh it, it really enriches your life and i think it has an impact on others around you if you are upbeat every day or almost every day about the world you have to occupy in your career.
0: When you were uh, an undergrad and then in grad school did you see the potential for a long career in leadership positions or was that something you sort of fell into or or just wound up in?
1: Oh I I absolutely fell into it Mike. I, I, I didn't really have a particular destination as an undergraduate but a particular faculty member at that time who remains a friend of mine, he's in his 80s and we're still friends, sort of took me aside and gave me a purpose. And then when I got a master's degree, uh, I thought I was going to be a city planner or a city manager. And I had interviewed for a couple of jobs in some small towns in southern Minnesota. And then I out of the blue, I got a call about this job at Eau Claire, Wisconsin as an instructor in economics. And I needed somebody in eight days. And I thought, well, wow, well, I'll give this a shot. Someone called me up, and it turned out to be one of those enormous blessings. And so I reminded people that sometimes being lucky is actually a whole lot better than being good. And uh, it's important to know not what you don't want to do, but there's an adventure to be had if you leave yourself open. And that created the adventure for me. And quite candidly, I was there about six months, and I said, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I got it now. This was a great revelation, and that led me to get a doctorate and go on to Oregon State and and then one thing led to another and I got into leadership roles. But everything along the way has been uh, the result of both good luck and having really good champions and mentors who help you along the way. And so I look back and say how much, how, how good a fortune one has as I've had and I hope others experience it as well. But that's exactly how it worked, Mike. I wish I could tell people that I had this grand scheme and I thought it all through, but that was never the case. And it sure turned out right for me.
0: Can you remind us how the FGCU president job came to be? Because I know you had the emeritus title at Colorado State at that point. So had you considered yourself at least somewhat retired at that point before the FGCU job arose? I I
1: actually had. I'd considered myself retired. I'd lined up a couple of part-time jobs, one at my alma mater, uh, which is now Minnesota State Mankato, and one with the Minneapolis Federal Reserve Bank. But neither of them was going to be full-time even together. And so that was going to be sort of occupy my time and for a while. And then out of the blue, I get a call first from Ben Hill Griffin, uh, who called and asked me because I'd known him during my Florida days, asked me if I'd be willing to be a candidate. And then I got a call from the uh, executive search firm. And, uh, and I'll be, be actually honest with you, at my age at that time, and the fact that I was already emeritus once, I said to my wife, I'm not going to get this job, but I'll get a free trip to Florida and so i thought well you know another one of those things take a flyer at it and once and i had been you know loosely familiar with the progress and development of fgcu so i knew a bit about it and i got to uh, to fort myers and fgcu and i said this is really a pretty remarkable place and then when they offered me the job i thought i got to take a shot at this i can i got just enough juice left for one more lap around the track And this may be the ideal one for me. So it wasn't, again, one of those things I'd sought. I just got a call. And Ben Hill was very upbeat, and I asked him to stay out of the search. I told him I don't want in any way to be perceived as being forced upon the institution by its founding father. And he promised me he would, and he did. And so, again, you know, if you're in the right place at the right time and you're willing to say yes, it's amazing the interesting things you get to do.
0: What were your priorities for FGCU early on and how would you say you and your team and to some degree, you know, all of us on campus did when it comes to achieving what those priorities laid out?
1: Well, I think we did a good job. And I say we because the first thing to do was to really get the team all pulling in the same direction or whatever the right metaphor is. And all agree on our bigger game plan. And we did that by doing the strategic plan because the strategic plan I inherited had actually been rejected by the board of, uh, re, uh board of governors. So we established the new strategic plan, focused on that, focused on the notion of being comprehensive in a region. So we asked ourselves collectively, what new things can we do to serve not only students, but citizens? And we, uh, fashioned some programs. I think you saw them, the water schools one. The uh, numerous now connections we made through micro-credentials. We added some new degrees that we thought were relevant to the community, including construction management and environmental uh, geology. We tried to expand the uh, health sciences because you look at the demographics of the region and health science is a big deal. We worked on uh, resort and hospitality management and. And professional golf management because they fit. So the objective was to see how could we expand our service and our impact on the region as an institution still developing. And everyone uh, that we brought on board turned out to be the right person, and in ter- including the current the person who just became president. She joined us four years ago. And, uh, and I think it's had a real impact. And, I, and I, I was primarily the cheerleader for a really good team. And, and I think the team is still there and, and they'll continue to perform at a very high level. But for my time, it was really fun to work with those people. And in the process, we managed to make it through two hurricanes and a global pandemic. None of those I would have preferred to do. But in all kinds of like every one of those experiences teaches you something if you take the time to learn. And so I actually learned a good deal about the people and the place and the community
0: through those crises.
1: And, uh, again, wouldn't have preferred to have that way to learn, but at least there was a positive outcome for me.
0: Uh, So our new president, Dr. Oshigul Timmer, was vice president and provost for strategy and program innovation here at FGCU. She arrived uh, in 2019. Um, What can you tell us about her, the work she did, the work you did with her, you know, and just your thoughts on you've already you've already spoken highly of her as the next president. But can you just reflect a little bit on the kind of work that you did alongside of her?
1: Oh, uh, absolutely. The first thing, I mean, uh, there's not a harder worker or a more. Um, constructive worker I've ever worked with. She never shows any uh, uh, fatigue from being committed to what she's committed to, and she never complains about the challenges you face, but she gets a lot done. And the first thing she really did was build our whole micro-credential workforce development programs, not just one, across the campus that are now literally international models. People are turning to us to discover how we've accomplished all we have in that regard thanks to our leadership. And uh, we get hit in publications, national press, national meetings around how a regional comprehensive can make very significant impacts on workforce development. Through uh, many, many bumps in the road, she brought this calming influence and organized approach to how we go about addressing whatever the issue of the moment is. And I'll give you the perfect example. Thanks to Ian, we had to seriously figure out how we would make up time so that every student would get a full semester we had to close the campus a little bit. And she led that exercise and kept everyone on task and did it in a very kind and gentle way, but firm enough to get the outcomes we needed. And so what you're gonna find in our goes, first of all, she's incredibly bright. Uh, She's got a wonderful personal story about how you uh, make yourself into something you want to become as an immigrant from Turkey. And she really is connected in the community. Uh, I mean, you don't have to go far to discover that she has got these enormous connections and with the legislative delegation. So there's so many great things she brought. And uh, I'll take great pride in the fact that I went out of my way that we could hire her and... uh, Sometimes that's the best you can say. Boy, I was, uh, I was lucky or smart enough to find the right person at the right time. And she certainly was, and she certainly is now.
0: And she's an economist like you.
1: Yeah, and that's one of the things we share. We chuckle every once in a while. I tell people, you know, if you're going to deal with an economist, you got to think the way they do. And let me give you a few tips. I said, hey, you've seen me in action. You know, I, I parrot the same old economic stuff all the time. But I said, that's what you're going to get from Ashago as well because we shared that constantly. And uh, I think any, any discipline can be a uh, president, but I economics helps them. Although I will tell you, one of the bosses, uh, you know, we see the world as an economic ecosystem, right? I had a boss who was an entomologist, and he saw the whole world like it was a beehive. And it all worked out. We all got it, right? We understood how he looked at things. And I think everyone on campus has to take a moment and ask, how do we see how Oshigel will see this organization, and how can we support her the best possible way? But she's very good economist, very, very sound. And she brought a lot of people along uh, over the last couple of years by just taking the time privately, this wasn't part of her job, to coach up some junior faculty members into getting some publications that got them promoted to full professor. And people didn't see that in her, but she was doing every Tuesday night, working with people to show how you can become a published academic and still not have to give up your other passion in teaching. And that was really a remarkable contribution. And you can stop several people on campus who will tell you that their promotion and the advance in their career is largely um, the result of our willingness to sit down with them and teach them how to do something.
0: Do you work with her during the transition or I guess post-transition or once the transition occurs, do you just let her run the ship at that point? So you no, no, can... no.
1: Well, we, we, we spent a lot of time together running up to this moment, to the moment last Friday. When, she, we, when I walked out the door and she could come in on Monday morning. We had lots of time together. And not, not because I was trying to tell her what to do, but just to say, you know, what can I clarify for you? Here are some things that are percolating. You can decide for yourself if they're going to become your agenda. And we've been emailing and calling back and forth ever since. And my objective isn't in any way to create Martin 2.0. My objective is to make this her era in any way I can help because she doesn't need my direction, but I think I can be at least sort of a sounding board as she grows into the role. And that's what we've been doing and that's what we'll continue to do. She sent me an email yesterday asking a couple of questions and I sent it right back and made it clear that here's my answer, but your answer will be as good as mine, whichever it is. And so we're going to, I'll be here to help her any way I can, but I'm also here to stay out of the way any way I can, because, uh, it's it's her time not mine.
0: If you're just joining the show, I'm talking to former Florida Gulf Coast University president Dr. Mike Martin by phone from Minnesota. He officially stepped down on July 1st as FGCU's fifth president. Dr. Ashkel Timmer takes the helm. We're going to be sitting down with her next week. By the way, we're reflecting on Dr. Martin's time as president and his career in higher education, and looking toward what's next for him in retirement. If you'd like to engage with the show about today's topic, just find us on Facebook. We're at WGCU Public Media, and on Twitter, we're at WGCU. Use the hashtag GCL. So as you're aware, higher education and education in general here in Florida has maybe you could say, come into contact with the realm of politics at a higher degree than in the (laughs) past in recent years, um, including SB 266, which is also HB 999, which uh, Governor DeSantis has signed into law. It, among other things, defunds diversity, equity, and inclusion programs in public universities and puts some restrictions on courses around race, and gender. Um, just broadly speaking, what are your thoughts on this new intersection between politics and education that we seem to be exemplifying here in Florida right now?
1: Well, it's going to require a new way to navigate uh, leadership of a university. Uh, you know, in the days of sort of being an insular organization organized strictly around the academic enterprise are long gone. Florida's leading in that, but other states are following. Uh, I think what you have to always do, though, and we've talked about this, I and I, and many of us is uh, there are still core values that you cling to, whether the legislature or the governor or others try to in one way or another influence the support of those. It doesn't change your core values. You know, I have made the case you, I think you and I have talked about this. I have made the case that a commitment to diversity, equity, inclusion is not social engineering. It's a way you build a great university. Every student, Ought to have the opportunity to interact with people who are different from them. If you just want to be in the same old place, stay home, sit around the kitchen table with your family. But if you want to grow as an individual and human being, interaction with differences is what makes the world interesting. So those who want to argue to me that I was committed to some sort of social reengineering, that was never my principal objective. My principal objective was always to say How do we give every student and every person in this community the optimal opportunity to become a better human being? And part of that to me was being committed to understanding and appreciate differences in people, whatever those differences are. Now, whatever the legislature and others decide to do, you got to learn to live with that. But at the same time, you never actually give up your core values. And to me, that's a core value. And I think it's shared across that campus. The other thing I would note, and I keep telling people who get a little wound up about all of this, is the legislature can pass a law, and the governor can sign it into law. But there's also the next step in that the courts can rule on it. And in several of these, the federal court has ruled, at least for the moment, to enjoin in the actual implementation of what was signed by the governor. So I believe you've got to wait for the full democratic process that also includes the process of determining whether or not it is consistent with the constitution, both of the U S government and the state of Florida, and then determine whether or not, how you're going to react. So I think we've seen a couple of them enjoined already. I think HB seven last year is still yet to be resolved. So I tried to tell, tell everybody just relax a little bit till we know exactly what this means, if it means anything at all. And in the meantime, stick to what you believe in, Don't try to get crosswise politically just for the sake of getting crosswise, Uh, but kind of reemphasize what you believe in and then figure out the best way to get there, no matter what the external circumstances are.
0: Um, can you you know you've been in higher education for fifty plus years? Can you put it into context? In in other words, it, this seems like something different and novel that we're you know dealing with here in Florida right now. Um, but over the course of your career, is oh, this this, so, is, this is sort of a, a, a the latest example of something like this, or is this new and novel?
1: Well, this is pretty new to me. I mean, this is most. I mean, always well, politicians and others uh, play out some of their own policy agenda through whatever means they can, including uh, public higher education. But this is probably more radical than I've experienced. And, and I think it's going to challenge university leaders to learn new skills and to be much more aware of what's going on out there in the political realm. I think it's changed the nature of presidencies. And you know, When I first became president of New Mexico State a long time ago, uh, we had a pretty activist governor named Bill Richardson. And I had many, many interactions with Bill, as you probably know. I went to North Korea with him on a very small group on behalf of George W. Bush, so I got to know him well, and I got to feel it there, but that was pretty limited. He was interested, but he was not particularly focused on universities and higher education as part of his policy agenda, and now you discover that The bulk of your time, rather than sort of being the day-to-day keeper of the flame on campus, is external. Whether it's fundraising or political actions or responding to legislation, federal or state, uh, it becomes a much bigger part of your job and therefore requires a new set of skills and certainly a new set of understandings. And it's more so than I've experienced in my time. And as I say, I've dealt with a lot of governors. I had a very, I think, constructive, but we weren't real close, but a constructive relationship with Jeb Bush when I was at UF. Uh, I got to know John Hickenlooper in Colorado pretty well. I had a very good relationship with Bill Richardson. He and I would disagree on issues of policy and higher ed, but we disagreed always. I'll be honest with you. I probably shouldn't rat out Bill on this over a cigar and a scotch, but... Uh, This is a different era, and I think we're all having to learn to live with it, and uh, as an observer, I will continue to observe, and if along the way I can play some role at all, I will try to do that, but mostly, I think right now, it's a chance for um, the new coming, the new generation of university presidents to understand, as always, the world is changing. It's changing the direction of much more politics and a little less real academics these days, but that's where we are.
0: Does this uh, rise of politicization um, make stepping aside a little easier for you because it's just it's a different machine than you're used to being a part of?
1: Oh, I think so. I must confess. uh, I hate to admit, I'm not trying to run away, but I also know that I'm now a pretty old dog who doesn't learn new tricks very well. And so it's probably a good time for this old dog to... To uh, step aside or step back or I don't know, lay on the porch, whatever old dogs do. I'm still learning, uh, but yeah, I, you know, I came with a different set of skill set. I came with a different set of perspectives about leading a university. I think that they fit my time because I was the product of having great role models and mentors, and so it was easier to step back and say someone else can take this on because they can bring a different perspective, and I don't think I can change mine.
0: So. You are going to be taking over as the interim president and CEO of the Collaboratory in downtown Fort Myers. Um, it's effectively the Southwest Florida Community Foundation. What can you tell us about that uh, that role? I, I understand they're looking for a permanent president and CEO. Are you basically helping with that transition?
1: Yeah, well I'm just trying to make sure that uh, with, the, with the departure of Sarah Owens, who really just defined the place and was a huge force in our community, a number of us are working to ensure wherever we can to keep the collaboratory on on its track. And, you know, the collaboratory uh, has grown out of the Community Foundation of Southwest Florida. is a unique organization, an opportunity. It's, you know, it's a problem-solving, collaboration building, coalition building, focused on local community issues organization with some really good people. So my objective in taking this on when I was asked was try to keep those people feeling as though The mission they've taken up is a really important one, and they should continue to focus on that. And around this community, myself included, we will support you both internally and externally. So I'm gonna do this on a part-time basis for a relatively short period of time. And uh, as I said to you earlier, Mike, off the air, I'm sort of going to be everyone's uncle. I've, I, we've all experienced the uncles who kind of get, get us over the bumps that our parents can't quite do. So my objective is to just be supportive of a really good group of people who show up there every day, help them any way I can, use what connections I have in the community or any visibility I can bring for the time being. And then when the new president and CEO comes on, any help I can offer in the transition to the role. I was a big fan. I am a big fan of what Sarah Owens got done. And I am a big fan of what it's uh, now set to do in this community. And so I'm just trying to be helpful where I can uh, during the time I can. And they are well on the way, I think, to finding the permanent replacement for Sarah. And as that unfolds, I will step back. And then if there's something else I can do, I will. But in any case, um, I'm there to try to just keep really good people feeling good about the really good work they're doing.
0: And uh, they are a key partner in, you had alluded to earlier, now President uh, Timmer and the micro-credential stuff and the jobs pipeline that FGCU is partnering. Collaboratory is right in the the mix of that, right?
1: Absolutely. The big EDA grant we got, almost $23 million, was the collaboration of FGCU, the collaboratory, and others. And the collaboratory played a significant role of being the convener of this larger group that had sufficient throw weight to get one of the largest EDA grants in the country. So I think that's a testament to what the Collaboratory and FGCU can do in partnership with others to really begin to move the needle on some important issues in the community.
0: Well, we're basically out of time, Dr. Martin. You got any final thoughts you'd like to leave us with? It's been nice chatting with you and I look forward to being able to talk to you as you move forward through stuff.
1: Well, first of all, Mike, anytime, delighted to do that. I'm a fan of WGCUs. You were there for, for, and you were literally there through the same crises we all dealt with. So thank you for that. And thank you for all your colleagues there. And I just want people to know, uh, you know, that's a really, really good university we have in Southwest Florida. And it's the product of many, many participants, not the least of whom are the many community leaders and boosters and activists who care about utilizing education and higher education to make significant change. So I much appreciated my time. It was a great six years for me. Uh, I will look back on it fondly as the right way to finish a long career. And I will be a cheerleader from wherever I am, including Minnesota, as the institution continues to make a
0: difference. All right, Dr. Mike Martin was Florida Gulf Coast University's fourth president before stepping down at the beginning of this month after taking the job back in 2017. Dr. Martin, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Mike. Take care of yourself. Dr. Martin joined us by phone from Minnesota last Friday. We'll be sitting down with FGCU's new president, Dr. Oshigal Timmer, next week to start getting to know her as she embarks on her new role as the university's fifth president. In the meantime, you can hear a conversation we had with her and others in August of last year about the $22.9 million grant from the U.S. Economic Development Administration's Good Jobs Challenge that Dr. Martin mentioned. It will be providing a major boost to what's called the Southwest Florida Equitable Jobs Pipeline line that will be linked on our website wgcu.org slash gcl with the post for today's show. If you missed any of the show today you can always hear episodes in their entirety on our website or wherever you find podcasts our show today was produced by yours truly our director today is jared gonzalez our social media coordinator is tara calligan for now thank you for listening i'm Mike Connery. this is wgcu fm fort myers 90.1 wmko marco island 91.7 fm npr for southwest florida